Good morning. This is the seventh episode of Father's Wisdom to His Children, James, uh, Tyrone, and Angela. Again, I want to give uh, special thanks to Elder Tyrone Daniels for his everlasting support in helping me with this project and recording some of the things that I'd like to pass on to my children, hoping that uh, some of this can be passed on to the next generation. I want to spend this episode in talking about uh, the world of work, and we've talked about finance, and we talked about prisons, and we talked about net worth, and one of the things that's going to assist in accumulating net worth that can improve the quality of life of our children, our grandchildren, it's if we can hold a job, if we can understand the difference between looking for a job and building a career. And I want to spend some time uh, this morning talking to you about the experiences that uh, I have gone through and hoping that uh, you can learn from some of the things that I have uh, experienced that created a uh, very successful uh, career, marriage, and the raising of three uh, beautiful children. Uh, I've worked nearly all of my life. and. From the time that I was around six years old and my mother could send me in the garden to uh, pick butter beans or snaps or whatever, I've always known that I had to work. And when I was old enough, uh, if it wasn't working in the garden, I was taking the slop to the, uh, the pigs uh, to make sure that we would have meat. Uh, all year, once the pigs had grown up into what we call in those days, hogs. Uh, my parents taught uh, that work separated the boys from the men, and that was something that was taught to each of us. And I want you to know that uh, one trait that your grand Father James Henry Daniels and your mother, uh, grandmother Mary Ellen Daniels, they were very hard working people. They worked very hard to provide for their children, making sure that they had a shelter, making sure that they had clothing and food. Are, and out of that household, they were very successful, and all of their children receiving college degrees, all of their children uh, moving to the next generation of owning their homes. Are, and there is something to be learned from that. And I'm just one of the five children that came out of that family. As I said before, as a teenager, I cut grass uh, with my father's lawnmower. And as I remember, I received very little for that work. 
but it was the idea of being taught to work. I chopped uh, cotton for $2.50 a day, and that was from sunrise to sunset in the blazing uh, hot sun in North Carolina. And as nearly every day for lunch, there was uh, a Pepsi Cola, a few crackers, sardines, uh, pork and beans, uh, uh, polished meat. I still sometimes near asked uh, your mother to purchase me a can of sardines and I want to always remember how far that God has uh, brought me. And therefore, I, sometimes I just sit down uh, in our home and just have some crackers and sardines and a Pepsi Cola. I learned early I did not uh, want to work uh, like this for the rest of my life. I quickly observed that something was wrong with the picture of me seeing one race taking me in the back of a truck to a cotton field in the morning and coming back at night. Uh, they sat under the tree. They sat in the air condition. They had uh, the fine homes and they had the fine cars and I was struggling to make it. So I determined at a very early age that watching my mother uh, work and uh, clean white people's houses and take care of their children, uh, and they call her Ellen, and I had to call them Mrs. I had a problem with that. Uh, my father worked like a dog at a sawmill, and even uh, would cut grass after getting off of work. Uh, every day that uh, I was picked up and carried in the back of a truck uh, to the field, I began to think, uh, what do I have to do to develop uh, a better career, a better job than uh, chopping cotton, uh, working in the houses of white people, or uh, working in at the sawmill. I felt that something was wrong with this this uh, picture. I wanted to own the truck, drive the truck, and I thought that uh, there was a way, and I was determined to. Uh, do that. At a very young age, I studied the people who were very successful around me, and the majority of those people were very successful with money and housing and things that were white. So I, I studied them. What was it that they were doing? I studied uh, what they were reading. If I was cleaning their houses, I looked at their libraries, see what type of books they had. Uh, what type of books they were reading. I, I, with my father's reading and when I was working in these houses, sometimes my mother, uh, I looked at these books and I began to develop a taste for reading that I found quickly that uh, one of the habits of 
my white counterparts is they always had a book in their hand. They always had a newspaper in their hand. And I wonder why is it that uh, they did that. And a lot of the my black friends that I associated with uh, didn't find reading and books uh, as being very important. Uh, but I learned that in these books were others' ideas of their success and their failures, and they build from prior experience by reading what successful ones before them had done in their books. I left home when I was around 18 years old, uh, and I went to Morganfield, Kentucky, uh, to be a part of a social program at that time called Job Corps where you could go in and you could study uh, electronics and you could study to be culinary arts and you could study to be a mechanic and several other skills plus you receive social training. I travel uh, for a day and a half by Greyhound bus to get there to go to this training because I had gone to Washington DC with no money and even slept in the uh, parks there sometime because I didn't have enough money to even for a hotel room. But I went to Job Corps uh, looking for only looking for hope, uh, finding a better way in American life. Uh, I was there for 18 months and I studied uh, electronics, which I still have a love for. Uh, but the most important thing I studied was my instructors, their way of life, uh, how they worked. It was my first time uh, seeing blacks in uh, places other than ministers or preachers or working in the fields, uh, working in the houses. And when I went to Job Corps, uh, every payday, I received $13.14 every two weeks. And one of the reasons why that was so low, the, the money that I did have, I sent an allotment from my check home to my mother to help take care of my sisters and brothers. Uh, but I remember that figure, $13.14, uh, because now that I'm in retirement, I look back how far again that God brought me $13.14 every two weeks uh, to the point that I, I retired making right at uh, $500 a day. Uh, one of the most important things I learned in Job Corps was my first time of living with whites for the first time. You got to remember that I was a generation coming out of the old Jim Crow, which separated blacks and whites uh, totally, meaning that uh, you couldn't eat with them, you couldn't sleep with them, you couldn't work with them. That as far as on equal basis, uh, it was a totally different society. Uh, so for the first time for 18 months, I began to uh, eat with and study and live with whites. And I asked a lot of questions and I looked at a lot of the books and things that they were reading. 
to make a long story short, uh, with, uh, with God's help, I was successful. I came into the Job Corps as a student, and I was one of the few hundreds of thousands of young men who came through that program at that time that I came through the ranks all the way up to the director and ran uh, uh, several Job Corps centers. Because one of the things that I learned very early, and I want to pass on to my grandchildren, where there is a will and there is desire, and you have faith, you can achieve anything you go after, but faith with no works. And that's what I want to talk about. Uh, you can have all the faith in the world, but if you do not have uh, the ability to understand the importance of work, you're going to be in serious, serious trouble. Uh, as I said before, I worked for $2.50 a day and retired uh, making close to $500 a day with our friends' benefits. But I want to make it clear to my children that it was not an accident that I learned uh, uh how to make a good salary. There was procedures, and I need to share those with you, some basic things that have to be done. All three of my children are better educated than I was, uh, and they are smarter than I am. Uh, but I feel at this time, because of the years of experience that they do not have the wisdom that their mother and father have. I do expect uh, my three children to outperform me in uh, a salary areas. And I haven't um, uh, seen that yet. I've seen one, uh, the oldest one is is reaching within striking distance of my salary, and she has another probably 25, 30 years to work, and it looks like that she will uh, surpass my salary, and I expect her to do that. She's already uh, surpassed my educational level. I did not I did receive a degree from Indiana State and start working on my master's, but I did not complete it. Uh, my daughter has completed her master's degree, so she has uh, moved one level higher than her father, which I expected with the uh, background that she had as far as support and money and support of her mother and father, and she's doing well. And I have another son, Ella uh, Tyrone Daniels, working towards his master's, and uh, I'm looking for him to complete that. And of course, uh, I know James would do the same thing. Uh, I'm going to spend a few minutes talking to you about the team uh, that I was able to form uh, dealing with the art of work. Now, the first member of that team is is God. Uh, and I prayed when I was in Job Corps and I asked for direction 
and I want to make it perfectly clear that I have thoroughly, thoroughly examined every way I know how through statistics and everything else. There's no way that I could have uh, been as successful as I have been without the hand of God in my life. And I want to make that perfectly clear. Everything that I say and do, I give God all the praise and glory. And I say to my children and my grandchildren, if you are naive enough to believe that you can accomplish all of your objectives in your flesh and not with uh, God and the Holy Spirit working within you, you're making a grave mistake. I tried to do that. I worked very hard to do that, but I found that the only true way with peace of mind, lack of stress, the building of network, you're going to need the hand of God in what you're doing. And the second member of my team, and I want to explain to you, you have to put together a team in order to build a successful a work career. You has to be a team. If you have a uh, your team is your foundation. And if you have a poor foundation, I have noted that with that my friends they fail. Now the first member I said was God. The second member of my team was my wife. And I have to uh, uh, explain to you, and I want you to pass it on to the next generation. When I married. Uh, your mother, I had a dollar and fifty cents in my pocket. Couldn't even buy her breakfast. Uh, I, I, I want uh, you to know that I wouldn't have made it without her prayers, her love, and her support. Now, this is very important because if you get a chance to read the book by, let me see what the name of it is, uh, They Can Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, that... Uh, there's 31 ways that you can fail at things and one of those ways is making that not being on the same path uh, with the person that you marry. You must be a team. You must work together. Data supports it uh, throughout this country and throughout the world. The most successful people as far as network uh, uh, married couples who work as a team. Uh, again, I want to say uh, that team I had was God, uh, uh, my wife, Marty, and we felt that we could accomplish anything, and we did. I, I have to spend a few time, a few minutes talking about one of the earthly members of this team, my wife. I was blessed to have a wife that sacrificed everything to build her family. Uh, she left college to make sure that I went through college. She had a very strong belief that uh, the father should be the head of the home and every effort should be made for him to be strong and stand. Uh, and I'm not saying she gambled. She believed that. Uh, and she still believes it today, that it was important for me to go forward and lead the family and do what I could to improve the 
income and bring it back to the family. And she did that through her sacrifice. Uh, she wore her mother's dresses, uh, but she still pushed forward with pride, and she never uh, dishonored me about uh, talking about what I did not have on the road to trying to achieve a decent salary. Uh, she always supported me, and such a beautiful young lady. I don't know why she did it. I still don't know why uh, she chose a job core boy. And I'm going to tell you a little bit, uh, James and Tyrone, uh, I went to a job course center looking for hope. And in those days, if you were in job core, you were considered, uh, the bottom at the bottom. Very few people cared for people who were in the job core. They thought they were the poorest, the most deprived, are, uh, they come from bad families, and that wasn't true. I came from a good family. It's just that the family didn't have any money to send me to college, uh, to give me the skills and the tools that I needed uh, to make a good living in this country. And the Sergeant Shriver, uh, working with the Johnson administration on the war on poverty, uh, said, we're going to set aside government funds. And... Uh, they established a job corps, and I came there with hope. Uh, but my, your mother didn't discriminate against me because I was a job corps boy. She uh, supported me, and I asked her, uh, at, we're not at the end of our journey until we die, but for 45 years, did she make a mistake? And she, she smiles, and she says, no, she didn't make a mistake. But she taught me the meaning of love, Love is not about uh, all about you. Uh, it's how to love everybody else. And I'm I'm talking to you about a building your team, and then I'm going to go into work. But you have to understand that if you don't have a team, uh, one of the things that was caused me to be as successful as I've been, or this family's been successful, uh, is number one. It's God. I give him all the praise and glory. And secondly, I give uh, the support and and the of my wife, Martha. She was there during the rough times, during the hard times. And she is the reason that things turn out here on earth. Of course, God, we, we spoke about, but here on earth, she was the one who worked to make sure that I made it. Uh... And the deal was, as two young, poor, blacks struggling in this country, that whatever we accomplished, uh, we would split it 50-50, regardless of who accomplished it. Uh, and I plan on keeping that vow until the day I die, that whatever we have accomplished and whatever you see and whatever I say that I have accomplished is the reason because your mother was very supportive standing behind me every step of the way. And I believe because of her love that I could do anything. And I went forward and tried. Uh, I would give her anything, but yet still, uh, all she asked <clears throat> for is very little. She's 
more concerned about uh, giving to others. She is very strong in the protecting the net worth of the family and has always focused that uh, money, assets would be put to the side for there to be a strong net worth in the family. I guess uh, what you're saying at this point is uh, where are you going uh, with this concerning work? My point is that I want to make sure that you understand that you must build a solid foundation. Everything, I mean, everything starts or falls on a good foundation. And I, as I spoke earlier, you get a chance to read, uh, read the, the Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. You should, you should do this. He lays out 31 ways that you can fail. Uh, but it boils down to how strong is your team. Now, let's talk about how to hold on to that job in a predominantly white workforce. And all of you, my children, you're working in a predominantly white workforce. I was the first generation to be released from the Jim Crow laws by the passing of the Civil Rights Bill, which meant my generation was the first generation coming out of the fields and the cotton fields and working in the houses and in the logwoods to be afforded the opportunity to work in the professional careers as whites were. And I want to tell you that this was one hell of a transition uh, to be working with people uh, that you had seen as a boy literally destroy black people, uh, treat them like animals. And again, without the help of God being able to forgive and understand, it could have been a major roadblock uh, for us making it. But I want to make sure that my children understand that we say that we have overcome these things, but Racism is still a major problem within the workforce, and I experienced it the entire time that I was in the workforce, but I had to, and I want to be able to uh, lay out a plan that I used that worked uh, because I understood that going home and said I quit the job because white people didn't like me but did not put food on the table, and you must learn the same thing. Uh, jobs and opportunities were opened up all over the country, and I wanted one of those jobs, and I went after one of those jobs that very few blacks had, and uh, I had to take care of the uh, prettiest girl in Kentucky, and I needed money to do that. The first thing I had to learn about was the invisible resume. I came into the workforce believing that uh, if I had my college degree, if I fill out the resume well, that that led to the top paying jobs. That's not true. In resume, your invisible resume includes uh, your lifestyle, your character, uh, things that you think nobody know anything about. There's going to be some jobs that you apply for that they're going to uh, 
you had to go before a lie detector to get those jobs. Uh, I didn't have to go through that, but they did background checks all a thousand miles away back to my hometown to see if I was into drugs, to see if I had been in uh, a troubled child. How was I in high school before I get received uh, clearance to work in government jobs? That's your invisible resume. I had the opportunity to also set in interviewing uh, for top positions. And after the interviews were done and everybody's taking the notes, the head of the review board would say, call their past employment. And they wanted to know in words, what type of employee was this? This is your invisible resume. This you must remember that you always, whenever you're promoted, your invisible resume, what you're saying, your gossip, your criticism, your negativity, this is uh, the items that's in the invisible resume, and you must always uh, be aware of that so you can make sure that this doesn't cripple you. Uh, uh, this culture uh, wants to use everything it uh, they can to get on you. And when, when I say this culture, I'm talking about racism uh, culture, that it uses everything that it can get to hold you back. Uh, and you have to be aware that what you say and what you do will come back to bite you. One, uh, another thing, be on time for work. I suggest to avoid having a bad record is to be work be to work at least fifteen minutes ahead of time. Also, you need to dress code. You know, you come, you think that your dress is okay. You better take a good look at the people who are in key positions, who are supervisors, who are have been successful. How do they dress? And if your dress is a lot different than theirs, your clothes are too tight, you look like you just come out of a bar, or you're wearing a zoot suit, you are not going anywhere. Bottom line, you must continue your education. Uh, education is very important. And writing, writing is key. Uh, everybody needs to have a proof. Uh, this is very important. Now, I've reached the end of the 30 minutes, and I will continue on this on next week, but I want you to know that uh, I will be doing quite a bit of uh, discussion about how to hold a job and how to build a career. Again, uh, this is your father, James E. Daniels. To my grandchildren, any questions you have for me at D-A-N-I-L-S-J-93. Uh, uh, gmail.com do it but uh, god bless you until we get a chance that we can talk uh, on the next episode coming up within a week thank you